Right, okay, let's go. I feel it in my fingers. In my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Feel it in my toes, yeah. Love is all around. Oh, fuck, wank, bugger, shitting, ass, head and hole. Hello there. <laughs> you are listening to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for I... Frankenstein. Oh, man. My name is Tom Chick, and I'm here with Christian McCransley. It's the name the Gargoyle Queen gave me. <laughs> and with an I, Frankenstein tagline, Kelly Wand. There's no I in Frankenstein, hence there are no eyes at Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always like a, a nice elliptical cable guy reference. That's what that was, right? Right? Okay. Well. I thought they smelled bad on the Outstein. <laughs> do you have a string of these, Kelly One? Can we keep going? With yeah, them? it'll Let's have do it. stitches. Uh, it jolts it's... the horror genre back to life. Uh, ay, 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 Frankenstein, and uh, best retelling of the Frankenstein myth since Hancock. <laughs> uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but it, all those little headlines that say like uh, "Ride Along, Still Driving Strong," you know, all those. Those like show business headlines that they write. Yeah. They, they've been having a field day with the poor performance of Frankenstein. There's no life in this monster. Right, exactly, exactly that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, Frankenstein dead on arrival. Yeah, that, that sort of deal. We won't be fl- throwing flowers into the water this one. Keep your little blind, <laughs> keep your little children away from this movie. Yeah. Old cigar good, thing. movie bad. <laughs> Wait. So do your Tom, I'm sorry. I Frankenstein not putting on the Ritz. You know, that sort of thing. Wolfman I, will not howl at this. Uh, that's a whole different. Moon. That's wait, a whole different wait, mythology. What? Yeah, Kelly, one you've jumped the monsters. Uh, Frankenstein super leaps the shark. Uh, there was a trailer for oh, the new uh, Planet of the Apes movie that I didn't watch, but after the trailer's over and the title card comes up, you can you can open your eyes because there's no spoilers there, and you can sometimes see when the movie will open. But I noticed for the, the title... Sounds like a complicated way to live. <laughs> it's worth it, though. Uh, numbers on screen. Okay, good. For the new Planet of the Apes movie, they don't say that it's an IMAX. They say, I'd never seen this before, it is, quote... In premium large format theaters, end quote. Hi, oh. Max. Hi, Frankenstein. <laughs> but that seems like a mouthful, and, I, and I'm guessing they're having to get around the fact that a lot of these screenings aren't officially IMAX. Uh, or maybe they're just sick of having to point out 3D, IMAX, uh, what else? There's one, there's screens that say they're IMAX, but they're not. They just charge you for it, but it's right. like the size. Right. Oh, maybe there's some sort of class action lawsuit against that. It could be, right, exactly. Like maybe that's a, or they're just trying to cover their asses, but, uh, premium large format theaters just says to me, we're gonna charge you extra. That's all that I see when I, when I see those ones. Oh, charge you extra. I get it, cause Frankenstein Electric. I like it. Ah, very good, Kelly Wand. Very good. You're on the well, ball. You said it. Yeah, it's nice. Like you're praising yourself, but it's cool. <laughs> Uh, let's let's hear a little bit about this. Dingus, maybe some of the folks who say the podcast, they haven't seen it yet, and they don't want us to spoil it. So without spoiling anything, Dingus, can you tell us a little bit about I, Frankenstein? Well, sure. This week we saw I, Frankenstein, mm. a 2014 Australian-American action fantasy sci-fi movie mm. about a creature – well, this is according to IMDb, uh, who finds himself caught in an all-out centuries-old war between two immortal clans. Clans? Yep, clans. Like, like people who do raiding in World of Warcraft? 
Yeah, clans. Wait, is that it could have said guild, or you read that on this poster. I, I just I went on to uh, I just was cruising <laughs> IMDb like I am wont to do, and oh, that, that, was the, that was the synopsis for IMDb. He's Actually, a, for IMDb, that's pretty good. They 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 got it pretty well, considering yeah. how IMDb uh, encapsulates some things. Okay, good. I felt uh, fine about that, rather than saying it was uh, some sort of origin story or something. Right. IMDb, a film site that gathers gibberish. <laughs> now, for an English woman. <laughs> what was the bulletproof one? Not bulletproof. Punch drunk love. I get those two sailors mixed up. She fell, he fell in love with an adjacent English woman. I think is adjacent. Uh, so, Dingus, what? Who? Who's in this? Is there anybody, any recognizable name? Oh yeah. Wait, were you done with the thing? Well, it was oh. directed by Stuart B. A. T. Mm. Who we know from Lawrence. Uh, illegitimate. What did you just say? Who, you, who you're asking? Kelly was referencing uh, Warren Beatty. I don't think they're related. Well, he wrote uh, G.I. Joe: Rise of the Cobra, as we know. And those Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Warren He's Beatty responsible did? for foisting that on, on, on all of us. And he also, the halyards. Well, the things that he wrote, well, he wrote 30 Days of Night, which I really liked. Um, uh, and he also wrote Australia, which I did not see. Wait, 30 Days of Night, though, is from a comic book, isn't it? He adapted it. Like, I we don't take him to write it. We don't, we, don't cre- we don't credit him with the idea for that, do we, Dingus? Or do we? No, no, no. It's, okay. It's based on a comic by... Jeez, I wouldn't even know. But it is based on a comic. Right. So Stuart Beatty, I don't – because if he actually came up with 30 Days a Night, I might think, oh, well, he's he's actually not a complete uh, loss to, to us as, as moviegoers. But, yeah, that's from – he adapted that. Uh, all right. I just wanted to be clear. Well, Comics he, turn into CG movies. Well, this is adapted, too. Yeah. Right. By an actor in the movie. I yeah. don't want to get ahead of myself, but <laughs> the, the fella, uh, you know, he, he made – a comic book and it got made into a movie and he put himself in the movie that's true uh and the person you're talking about uh the graphic novel by kevin graveau mm-hmm. uh do you know who he was in this movie i was very surprised that who yeah. he was because i was certain that he was just going to be some guy standing in the background and he was someone who i assumed was well there's some character actor who probably does a lot of stuff which he's that as well but he's also the the writer of of the 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 movie and the novel, and he's credited with the story for Underworld. Frankenstein's a novel? Graphic novel. Oh. <laughs> Underworld. Uh, more clans. <laughs> well, there's a lot of... Uh, it seems like he seems to be a kind of a... He's got a definite theme going in his work, I would yeah. say. <laughs> he's seen a lot of movies from the 30s. That were <laughs> and he's ate a lot of donuts. Little chocolate donuts. Was he... Did his character in the movie look like his – like, did he put himself in the comic and the movie? Or did they go, hey, you listen look just Kelly, like – Listen to Kelly Wan thinking that we've actually read the I, Frankenstein comic book. And also, I think this is one of those things where it's not really a comic book in the sense that a publisher didn't pick it up and make it and sell copies of it. He runs the studio that, quote, unquote, published this comic book. So I think Uh-oh. what happens is that the, the comic books are almost like they're almost he just like, bound his storyboards. Exactly. Isn't that what well, happened with the gray exactly too? Isn't say. like the gray based on a short story that Memento? Was... Think of Memento. I mean, you, that, right. that's not necessarily a bad thing. And the gray is the same thing, Dingus. I'm not sure that the short story of the gray was ever published. Uh, but so as Kelly Wan was saying, as I was going to point out, I think a lot of times that when people say, "Hey, this is from a graphic novel." You get this idea that, oh, it's been already sold and there are already a fan base for it. 
I think it really is a matter of, hey, let's do this as a comic yeah, it's just to serve as a storyboard and, yeah, to help sell it and market it. And we'll put up, like, uh, covers on the Internet. And so I don't think this is an actual – and I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, let me know, listeners. I don't think this is an actual bona fide comic book like, you know, Walking Dead or Richie Rich or whatever. <laughs> Those are the only two comics you read that I know of. <laughs> well, uh, Archie. Religiously. Or, 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 yeah. Beetle There's one Bailey. just Betty and Veronica. Yeah. BC, that's a good one. Bad thing. <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry. So I guess where were we? So uh, written by Kevin G- Griveau. Uh, oh, was, uh, written and directed by uh, Stuart Beatty, based on the graphic novel by Kevin Griveau. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you to Mary Shelley for the characters. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, it stars Aaron Eckhart, mm. Yvonne Strahovski. Kelly Wand. Science. Is that the right one? There's a Mexican vampire. Like wow. Kelly Wan, there's no vampires in this movie. Whatever, nerd. Right. Shit bangs and wings. It's vampires. Uh, Miranda Otto. I like her so- too. Socrates Otto, no relation. Really? Really? To, to the other Socrates? Yeah, no relation to the other Socrates. Socrates um, Johnson. And Bill Nighy. Not the science. Really stretching. Oh, sorry. Uh, e. Frankenstein is rated PG-13 for sequences of intense fantasy action and violence throughout. Mm. Uh, I. Frankenstein, if we look at Metacritic, which is the average rating from various reviews, I. Frankenstein is at 27 Boom. out of 100. Let's go to Rotten Tomatoes now. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> going to it. is the percentage of reviews that are positive. Uh, I, Frankenstein, is at five. <laughs> Wait, what's the first one again? Uh, Sorry. <laughs> I know I could just rewind. And yeah, just rewind the podcast. So if, right. you, if you actually click on – when you go to Rotten Tomatoes, you can just look at the overall percentage of reviews. 25 is the critics. It's at 5%. Uh, if you click on you – can, you can filter it and click on top critics. And those are the more reputable people who do this, uh, who've been doing it longer, who aren't just working on some little – in some small daily at a – tiny market or whatever this the the top critics people who know what they're talking about if you filter rotten tomatoes top critic reviews for i frankenstein uh it's at um zero wow that's pretty rare though because uh, it was normally you'll find someone who goes yeah it's okay yeah it's got receipts uh, in it, it yeah. seems, that seems like a pretty low score for this movie considering how much stupid shit is like a 60 if you think that's low, Kelly Wan, get a load of this number. So it opened this week. It opened fairly wide, like 2,800 screens. That's uh, about what you'd expect. Uh, it came in at number six. Ugh, well, it's January. All the no, it's January, but it's also the only movie to open. Uh, it got beat by Ride Along resoundingly. Not to mention things like Frozen, The Nut Job, uh, Lone Survivor, still going strong. Uh, so <laughs> it's really it, it tanked hard. It made eight million dollars. Um, it, huh. it definitely tanked. How much did it cost? Uh, yeah, I don't know the budget. I, I was sure watching it that it was some cheapy uh, something shot like in, in in Bulgaria or something. So I was a little shocked. When That's where it's it set. Was, so it's ironic. It's, if they shot, shot, in in it's shot in Australia. Yeah, this is as oh. Dick just mentioned already. Very much an Australian production. Um, Nothing in the. There's a, nothing looks like Australia. Why? Yeah, why don't they just... That's what I don't get. Like, if it's going to be shot in a stream, they go, all right, it's vampire... Wait, sorry. Okay, it's... No vampires in this No movie. vampires. <laughs> Stop that. It's gargoyles it's in the werewolves. desert. 
or Werewolf. Frankenstein in the desert. We haven't seen him in the desert, too. We could see something new. That's called the Scorpion King. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, so did you hear I, that Harrison Ford... I was Ford... immune to hot. He was not immune to hot. Harrison Ford's the only one who doesn't have to go back to the gym for Star Wars 7, Tom. That's what good shape he's in. That means he could fucking clock Danger One. Dwayne Johnson. Dave Johnson. <laughs> Danger Johnson. Damn it! <laughs> Rebuttal? Kelly Rod, you couldn't even believe that enough to actually speak it without fumbling words. I don't remember words. what it was. All right. So, 5 and 25, it's a 25, there's a 20 point differential, which is unusual. No, 22 by my math. 25 was the... 27%, it's not percent, it's 27 on Metacritic, 5% on Rotten Tomatoes, 0 if you filter by top critics. Number 6 movie this week, number 6 movie in America, Kelly Wand. Uh, and it made $8 million. Well, I have to remember three numbers there. You actually don't have to remember any of these numbers. You can, you can completely forget these because Kelly Wand, I want you to now occupy your brain space by relating, <laughs> relating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hang on, I gotta forget the numbers first. You're, you're going too fast for me. <laughs> relate to the audience the things that happen in this movie. Relate to them. Yes. Tell them about it. Maybe give them a plot synopsis. Maybe an, an eye fracopsis. Oh, weak effort. I don't know. What else are you going to do? Eye frankenstopsis? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. Why don't you give us that, Kelly Wand? Do you think I try to go out of my way to make them sound hard to say? Because I try to make you want to get or make you get them. Like, I don't try to. Oh, it's not like trying to trick me. Okay, so an eye frankenstopsis. You you're not, you're so bad at it that I do try to help you get it. Because <laughs> it's more you. challenging for you to get it. It is. It's, yes. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> I do. I do. I definitely I want to hear it. I do. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Kind of a rusher. All right. Well, uh, let's let's hear it. Well, I'll be the judge of that. I Franken stops this. Uh, All right. Thanks, Kelly Wand. Okay. <laughs> if there's a great time for Kelly Wand's mic to go out, it's right at the beginning of the synopsis. <laughs> I honestly thought he would go like highbrow with iopsis. That would have been something else. I would have, I would have enjoyed that. Yeah. It would have really thrown a curve. And he could do this whole like highbrow opening monologue kind of thing. Well, they kind of did that in the movie, though. What? Yeah. I don't recall that. Do you remember that wonderful opening scene of him trudging across this huge frozen wasteland and nothing? Well, no. no I mean, don't. what's great about those scenes, Ding, is, is that's before you know how bad the movie Oh, he's back. Kelly Wand, let's try this again. Take two. I Franken stops this rock and roll. Is that. Uh, yes. Is it. Are we. Okay. Ready? Ready. I guess because I heard you guys, so it won't matter. I Franken stops this. <laughs> Just FYI, Frankenstein. I'm not actually Frankenstein, but this is my voiceover, although it's not from the journal that the movie's MacGuffin is. Uh, maybe the journal opens with that, though. I think I'm illiterate. I'm not sure even why I'm carrying the journal. Anyway, a mad scientist brought me to life by stitching a bunch of corpses together and jolting them with electric eels. Not lightning, as commonly thought. How crazy was my creator? Put it this way. His journal had its own copyright page with the year 1792 stamped in it. I guess mm. that was the only year he maintained it. You guys still there? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We're not going anywhere. You got us, Kelly Wand. You, you had us at I. You got us at two. 
I think you must have used electric eels on the journal, too, since 200 years later. It's still in really good condition. Anyway, we fell out because he reneged on his deal to stitch me up a girlfriend, so I killed his wife. I guess he kind of forgot he could bring her back to life and that I'm indestructible because he chased me to Alaska where he also forgot to bring a thermometer and froze. Apparently, his researches into life and death didn't include cryogenics. Anyway, let that be a lesson to future modern Promethei. Thermal undies. And don't get married. So he died. Luckily, there was a graveyard right there, along with a Victorian city full of angel gargoyles, and all the snow melted. But then some Mexican demons attacked me. <laughs> Why are they Mexican? Yep. <laughs> One of them was. <laughs> so they all were. <laughs> Actually, they turned into humans of various ethnicities whenever the impulse to communicate in 20th century English took them. But the leaders always turned into Caucasians, <laughs> which was probably annoying back in Babylonian times. Then a bunch of CG happened. I thought it was the most boring event of my life, but I could take it. So I thought. Then the exposition started. My queen, this book we found in his underwear, says he's straight strength start. In a moment of passion... With emotions this creator had given him no control over. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago. His whole personality wouldn't just change. Oh, silence! Prithee, beware, handsomely stitched monstrosity. Ah, oh, you look confused by your ineffectual chains. So you are capable of reason. I am Eowyn, queen of gargoyle-infested medieval heavenopolis, Alaska. <laughs> My buzz-cutter apprentice here is the Gargian angel idiot. <laughs> now that we have you safely imprisoned, goodbye. <laughs> Stolen <laughs> Lutz. <laughs> I quickly bumbles like one human born. But these testicles are clearly labeled Abbey Normal. Plus, you know Gargoyle Leviticus as well as I. No soul can an existent creature that uses batons. Therefore, I shall persist in calling him it for two centuries. Nay, all life is sacred. Plus, his eyes are filled with disinterest. To go from Dark Knight to Bad L.A. in one movie... <laughs> Fuck. Monster, we somehow know that your maker did not give you a name. Therefore, you should be called Aaron. <laughs> uh, sire, the movie's called... I said release him. <laughs> yes, Lady Gaga Oil. Wait, so don't we even care why the demons wanted him? I guess she flew off. Uh, okay, bro. Uh, <clears throat> thou art free to pick any weapons whatsoever that thou chooseth from this tiny supply closet. Hey, whoa, hey, not the batons. <laughs> They're blunt, far too heavy, forged from the lamest plastic. Ah, you swung them. Well, disregard my pointless skepticism. I was a fool. Oh, also, yeah, uh, make sure you etch this crucifix with two extra lines on it. It is the ancient Aramaic symbol for turn demon into CG that screams no. <laughs> then brain him with this part. Tip. <laughs> Make a vaguely 3D column of red CG that shall suck their souls down to hell. Not that they have souls. What's the symbol for killing you? Ha. Nice try, nobly chiseled savage. There isn't one. Also, our souls go up. What else do you need to know? Uh, oh, yeah. Evil CG's red, like in Star Wars. Ours is generally blue, the color of goodness. That's why all sunsets are evil, and all vampires hate blueberries. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Satan's real name is Niberius, which is also <laughs> Captain Kirk's middle name. It's not just a coincidence. Hey, where'd he go? <laughs> uh, Leaps like the Hulk. Most crowd-pleasing. One haircut later. Hey, master. Remember that guy 20 years ago with the eels? He's got a journal in his underwear that you probably want once we wipe it off. You presume to know what I want? Ow! God damn! <laughs> Was that a Royal Tenenbaums reference? Yes! <laughs> the best actor ever. Suck it, Hackman. <laughs> I may listen to that part even. Uh, well, you did say, hey, it'd be cool if I knew how to bring those 10,000 bodies in my basement full of iron shish kebabs back to life. So I guess I assumed something that would help you acquire that information might, you know, like be silence. Yes, my lord, forgive me. You dare ask my forgiveness? <sighs> my queen, I fear I bring grave tidings. We caught him Frankenstein here, killing our enemies with those batons we gave him in a dark alley. <laughs> a dark alley? Monster! Our divine war against the forces of darkness is a shadow one, like Jack Ryan's. Never let humans see your CEG. Uh, you didn't say that before. Wait, you guys have wings, a city, the Bible, the head demon's a fucking billionaire. Silence! Leave here at once! And never hurt any humans, ever. God doesn't like that. He doesn't? Wait, what? It's the same alley I was in when you fuckheads grabbed me. <laughs> Later, dicks. What the fuck? You're picking me up again? Aye. We let the demons steal our queen. She's not very powerful. Now we must give them that book in your underwear so that their blonde scientists can use electric eels to destroy the universe. Meanwhile, in Hell's parking structure... Ah, my blonde non-mad scientist and her sexless, much older lab assistant. How goes our electrocuted rodent research? Well, we did bring a CG rat back to life for a couple seconds, but it got bored. (laughs) (laughs) If only this $10 billion technology was centuries older, these computers are useless. Phrenology, mesmerism, that's where shit really peaked. Perhaps this will be of assistance. Oh, a book of sketches and ramblings. <laughs> I always thought Frank Stein was just sorry to scare children. Because there's one thing that terrifies kids. It's the prospect of cheating death. <laughs> oh, my God, eels. It all adds up. Sorry, Larry, your fireflies. We have to put them down. <laughs> I hold AA in pseudoscience from pseudo-university in Zurich, white man. God. <laughs> Ten fights later. Yes, I had a soul after all. Stupid gargoyles. Anyway, audience, now instead of strangling people, I defend them from demons and end every sentence with I, Frankenstein. I just kind of ran out of time. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly Wad. Uh, yeah, I, would... I wasn't clear who the Russian accent was at the end. Oh, that was the Russian dude who worked in the lab for the blonde girl. I forget what happens to him. You mean Carl, the guy she has to yeah, bring back Carl. to life? Oh, he gets turned into a Frankenstein himself. So Bill Knight kills him and says, resurrect this. Yeah, but then he comes back. Well, he just sort yeah. of... He, 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 his, he, his, his tube gets knocked over, so I assume he like goes down the laundry chute or something. Mm. Man, you know, i got to confess something. I think I... 
I think I dozed through parts of this movie. Yeah, I did too. You know what? Hercules was funny. It was the skyline, and this is the soap super serious battle. LA. Oh, this yeah. had this had skyline in it. All those mm-hmm. all those ascension things were totally skyline. At the beginning, like, oh, it's Frankenstein's monster battling, like, beating demons in the head with batons. This won't suck. And then it also went on. Well, it's totally, it takes itself so seriously. No, and that's, that's it, just, that's like death. That's the kiss of death. Dude. That's the kiss of death in a bad movie. Like, they think uh, they're world builders. And yeah. they, they think, because this could have been a fun, fun movie. Dingus, tell us who the, so, Dingus, who was the writer? Which actor? <laughs> he talked like this. Wait, the right, right. The he huge, was, that, that big old black bodyguard dude, who I just thought was some character actor, was the guy who wrote this, and the guy who wrote. <laughs> but wait, that guy it, wrote it. Yeah, and his He's, name is Dakar. Uh, yeah, the worst boss battle ever. Everything I can think of to say sounds racist. What was his boss battle, Dingus? I think yeah. I was awake for that. What, what was his boss battle? His boss battle was they send him down when uh, when. Aaron Eckhart goes into the the uh, the corridor of the lurching demons, and he jumps in. And before he could do anything, uh, just some gargoyle grabs him and kills him. <laughs> oh, lifts him up and yeah. carries him away. Yeah, I did. I did. I was awake for that part. Right. Right. It um, was hard to watch the action. That really was just somehow. Oh, cool! I can sleep during this part because I know nothing's going to happen. There were a few moments with CG stuff going on in the background where it was like slow mo that. I thought were suitably decent looking. Yeah, but then they turned into people and start talking forever. Yeah. Well, did you did you at least like so the gargoyle wing wing thing that they did? Like like when Miranda Otto would turn back into a human, or when they would land and no, because like, that's not a reason why they're humans. There's no, there's certainly no reason for any of the CG whatsoever, as far as the gargoyles turning back into humans, or even being gargoyles for that matter. Um, oh, but did you think <sighs> some of the wing stuff was cool? I guess just as far as like watching to, – to me, Dingus, what it is is I'm so keenly aware that what I am watching at that point is for the most part just something that's been farmed out to a CG studio yeah. and that it has nothing to do with the actors or with the, any sort of creative vision. It's just a special effect they stick in there. And, yeah, that's always a cool effect. Like, like when the, the two, the ones that Kelly describes as Mexican, which I don't understand, they weren't even demons. <laughs> when, the, when the two initial gargoyles land and turn into, you know, cool looking assassin dudes who throw back a hood, and then the hot chick throws back her hood. Like that, that, the first maybe three or four times you see that, yeah, Dingus, you're right, that is kind of cool. But after, you know, six, seven, eight, twelve times, it just, I just, it doesn't have much interest for me because I realize that what makes it cool, Dingus, early on is that the gargoyle lands, it turns into a human, the person throws back the hood, you see a, generally a striking actor, and you think, oh, okay, cool, let's find out about who this is. And then the story happens, and you couldn't care less. Nothing is done with it. <laughs> yeah, the story happens. <laughs> like, they didn't even get, they had an, a good idea that they didn't. No, it was good or something. Because it's the same thing with Hercules. The, the two most interesting yes. of the gargoyles right away. Dingus, what made them interesting? Because I, that's a, again, that's where I was like, the moment she's dying, I'm like, well, why couldn't the story have been about that? Because <laughs> she's like, we, I, I always wanted him, and yep. it was forbidden, and now we can do it in heaven. You know, the only thing that interested me at first was like, this looks like <laughs> the Assassin's Creed box right. cover. Right. Um, and these two like seem to have some sort of uh, relationship. Yep. And one time when one of the guys is leaving, when the guy's leaving the room after they chain up 
um, Adam Frankenstein, <laughs> MD. That's his um, name, right? <laughs> um, he like calls his name. And the guy just gives him a look, and it looks like there's something about this guy, and 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 turns out they're in love, and oh wow, there's something here. Well, now let's kill them off and just have the bland Asian guy and the other guy follow him around for the rest of the movie. Right, right, yeah. Um, uh, uh, so how did how did Aaron Eckhart do, you guys? I actually liked his performance. Oh, good lord! Really? I swear to God, I'm telling you, I never, I know, I, I never, I think I always give the actors a free pass in general mm-hmm. if the script's a piece of shit. But and I was and the scene where he takes his shirt off depressed me because even his stitches look sculpted, and I'm like, fuck. And it's the same, it's the same thing with Frankenstein. It's like they don't get and Warm Bodies is another example of this where it's like they take. Remember how you were talking about how it's like. Zombies are about decay, and right. so having zombies that are cured with kisses, it means they're not really zombies. They've lost the essence of the thing that we're supposed to be enjoying. And well, Hercules and Frankenstein also have this. Like, they have concepts built into them, but then they just get blanded out into the same. I don't, I don't think there's anything in here that has uh, – the, the, the idea itself is ludicrous, and it has no vision or just it's a, it's a – it's an elevator pitch. Let's have gargoyles versus demons, and then Frankenstein stands between them. It does nothing it with that. There's, there's nothing in there. Dingus mentioning how ridiculous it was that they thank Mary Shelley. There's nothing in there, uh, and you, Kelly Wan, talking about you know tapping into children's fear of, of uh, what was it, of death, or I forget. But there's nothing in there that right. relates to anything Mary Shelley was doing. Like what ki- or kids relates, like about Frankenstein, yeah. That relates to anything about uh, gargoyles. Which is this kind of fascinating aspect of, of, of medieval Christianity, or that relates to any sort of demonology I've ever heard of. I mean, the demons just look like Ferengi from Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> there, there's no world. If you say Kelly Wan, they feel like they're world building. I do think they believe that, but there's no world building. No, it's just, it. it's, a, it's a reskinning of Underworld. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's no sense of the real world being affected here. Where the hell is Gargoyle World? Is that I, in the real world? Yeah, no. I know. It looks like Asgard when they first show it. I mean, where the hell are they? Well, I thought the reveal, and then as I was watching, I was like, no, I don't think so. I thought the reveal was that it was supposed to be in Paris and that that was the, the Notre Dame, but it wasn't. Right. It was well, I thought, yeah, I thought that too. That it's just supposed to be gargoyles are on any sort of parapet or whatever, and then they come to life. But it seemed like that was their whole fortress. Yeah. Uh, but the, yeah, were there gargoyles? At one point, she says, uh, "I want a gargoyle on every roof." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why do they even have the demon in every roof? <laughs> yeah, is right. But and also, I, what the hell are all his stitches about? What What is the practical purpose of all those stitches? What was well, he doing? See, he's gotten different pieces from different faces. That's why he looks so weird. Like he doesn't fit. That's why his face he's looks so perfect, and he's perfectly sculpted. Right. Yeah, and then every now and then it's like this, every now and then the scar line would be fainter or harder or fainter. Yeah. Like they were it's so weird. Well, even at the end, when Carl is is shoved into the the tube of life, um, he's got this huge Y like like oh yeah yeah I do autopsy that. scars, and right. there's no reason to have cut him open because he's got all his organs and everything. <laughs> Just shove him in there and, and... No, no, Dingus, you don't understand. He'd signed an organ donor card, so they technically <laughs> had to honor that before they could do the Frankenstein thing. So they have to ship his organs out and then get yeah. a bunch of organs in. Yeah. Oh, all right. It's a very complex procedure, Dingus. And the movie just felt like it needed to... It was a nod to realism. Okay, good. <laughs> really had that sense of place. Tom... Yes, Kelly Wand. Did you ever read a Tim Powers novel called Stress of Her Regard? 
which is like about Lamia's. Tim Powers, the uh, things they carried guy? No. He wrote Stranger Tides, but it didn't have Johnny Depp shit in it. Stranger Tides? Yeah, I don't remember any of that. Are those sailing ship books like your... your... No, no, they're fantasy. Like, oh, no, I don't play, No, I don't read that. Might make you do that. Did you ever see that Roger Corman movie, Frankenstein Unbound, with Bridget Fonda's Mary Shelley in it? No, I don't think Herb's so. Herb is a guy from the future. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's talk about good Frankensteins. Like, what's a what's a good? I would I would submit uh, that probably the best Frankenstein movie you could see, as far as uh, honoring what, and I don't even know the original Mary Shelley stuff. I just know the film expressions. You of didn't it. read it? Uh, if I did, I don't remember. No, it's I don't ever did read it. It's good in Fred, the Frankenstein Papers by Fred Saberhagen is good, where it's told from the monster's point of view. Okay. Uh, but, no, I, I mean, but movie-wise, I would say movie-wise. Frankenstein is a Robocop, the original Robocop. What do you think of that? Mm. Uh. <laughs> You're not buying it. Come on, Kelly. <laughs> well, I like Robocop, and I like Frankenstein. And... Well, that's okay. So what are you, you mentioned a few books. What are good expressions of in movies? of The Robocop version of this, what, what this movie does to Frankenstein, the book, is what the new Robocop, I think, is going to do to the old Robocop. It's just going to be like bland shit. I have high hopes for the new Robocop. Oh, so so watered down. So watered down. All right. Uh, best Frankenstein. What's the one? What's the Andy Warhol one? Frankenstein. Okay. I don't know. I know there is an Andy Warhol one. I haven't seen it. Uh, the Bride Frankenstein's good. The 35 one. Did you see that one? Uh, no, Whale. no, I know oh, of I it. See I've that? seen Gods and Monsters. Is that enough? Is that close enough? No, nah, you're missing out. You like it. It's weird. It's like an old grandpa movie. Mm, you'd like it. Well, having seen Gods and Monsters, and I'm right, that's the one about James Whale, right? Isn't Gods and Monsters? Yeah, he yeah. made the first two, and then they kind of start turning into... Well, having seen that makes me want to see the movie he actually did. Uh, Dingus, do you know any of those old Frankenstein movies? Uh, I don't. I mean, I, to discuss the both of you, the only Frankenstein I care about is young Frankenstein. I, it just The Fra- Frankenstein... Uh, mythology has never caught my attention or my what? imagination. I just hey, don't bro. care for it. It's it's not. I don't find it scary. I find it silly. He hates fire. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's I, I like. I I love the movie <laughs> Young Frankenstein. I've just never found that monster. To, I, it just as a kid, I never thought it was a scary myth. It doesn't doesn't. Well, he's not. He's not just scary. You feel bad for him because he's always getting bitched by the townspeople. I think well, it, so if a monster isn't scary, it just doesn't do anything for you as a kid. I mean, it's just it's, it's ridiculous. He's a he's a cadaver that walks slowly. Well, I would say where uh, I, I'm with you there, Dingus, but there are some scary bits, like the scene of, of Frankenstein with the little girl. That's kind of weird, chilling yeah. stuff. I oh, mean, that, that is that is terrifying and, and nauseating. I mean, and it's it's very very weird, but it's I mean, it's on a par with Mice and Men for me. I mean, it just doesn't. It doesn't. It didn't terrify me as a kid, so it just doesn't capture my imagination. So, yeah. uh, I I, th- I think that um, I I'm just it com- what it comes down to. It's like some people are dog people, some people are cat people. Uh, <laughs> some people in this world are uh, Boris Karloff people, and other people are Bella Lugosi. I like both of them. I don't understand nope, why. Gotta I, pick, and I, no, I like gotta dogs pick and cats other. too. They're both cool. You got to pick one. I do too, but you got to you, you ultimately come down on one side or the other. When the world uh, breaks into civil war, you got to pick either dogs or cats, Bella Lugosi or Boris Karloff. They're you, way different movies. Though. Kelly, one, you got to make a stand. 
I'm tired of this wishy-washy. So you're a Lagosiist, is what you're saying. Who is to you? Most substantial sure. people are Kelly Wand. But that's your that's the foundation of. Well, your look at the number of times you <laughs> you you've brought up uh, vampires in this podcast. Yeah, Kelly yeah, Wand, you're the one who keeps miscalling them vampires. That's what makes Frankenstein awesome, or even there's only one of them. He's he's still. Ah, on, I do on. like that. Well, in, in yeah. So movie, how much damage can he really do? In Dracula. What do you? Oh, how much damage could he do? Is that where? Is that what it comes down to? Yeah. Well, until they get to the Tyrak full of Frankenstein. First off, he's the guy, he was the first flat-headed monster, and it always fascinated me. <laughs> What's the deal with that? Where does that I come from? Oh, and it's only in the movie, and also in the book, like he talks and shit. In the book, I was always like, God, Victor's a fucking idiot. He says I'm going to be with you on your wedding night, so that's the one night you think you put a guard in front of the. Uh, plus, you like where are you on your fucking wedding night? It. So he has it kind of as a coming, right? That's when he killed. That's when the monster kills Frankenstein's wife. I mean, yeah, oh. in the book. But being, being back to the flat head, I also like the bolts in the neck. I don't know yeah. why Dingus does well, that. Like that's that. another RoboCop thing. This idea that he's yeah. been sort of threaded with these mechanical pieces and all the stitches and whatnot. Uh, yeah, it's all good. And then there's like the cop with the fucked hand that kicks him into the lava, but he survives the lava. Frankenstein gets kicked into lava and survives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, he's like Wolverine. Yeah, I know. Nothing. So he hates fire, but fire was – he got through the fire, no problem. See, Kelly Wan, what you're talking about makes me think that this – even though this is a dopey idea, there there should have been potential here. That goes completely unexplored. The, you know, There's a point where he's hanging from a, a ledge by an axe, and he's worried about falling. And if they yeah. really – Frankenstein, you're, you're supposed yeah. to be tough. You know, you're worried about falling three yeah, And then he doesn't get hurt. He does fall, and it doesn't hurt. Yeah, he's, he falls, and he hits every girder yeah. on the ugly tree. <laughs> <all the> day. <laughs> That's where I forgot about that, yeah. You know, there's no blood in the movie anyway, and he doesn't even suffer one wound, does he? Ever? He's, yeah, he's Ever. sort of like Hulk. I mean, what can really hurt him? Yeah, but at least Hulk's, like, annoyed. <laughs> that's, his, that's his secret. He's always annoyed. To, to come back to what Kelly Wan said, you enjoyed. I thought Aaron Eckhart was terrible. I thought he didn't. Yeah, I thought he was horrible. But what yeah. he did do? I'm, I'm saying it relative to what he has to work with. No, that's not an excuse. He doesn't. No, he, he's he's monotone. There's nothing interesting it's about. And what's he going to do? He's supposed to be monotone. Well, here, Kelly Wan. All done. I mean, I think I think uh, we'll get to Bill Nighy in a minute, but I think Miranda Otto was really committing. I, you know, it, it, there's nothing there for her, but she was trying and watching her. I was like, you know, she's she's got a sense of investment. Yeah. There's some energy. I, I really enjoy. It. I thought she did fine in this. So energy levels are all you're only you know, well. No, it's difficult to do a Frankenstein, and I just don't think Aaron Eckhart knew what to do with it, and I don't even think he really tried or probably even cared. It was seemed like any a- of us have done better. Although I think I would have the edge on that. No, I, I think he's just playing an idea. He's not playing a character. I mean, I mean, it's sure it's difficult to play. It's difficult to play a lurching guy who is supposed to be soulless. But there's there are things you can do with it. He does. It just seems like he he chooses a voice that's going to be sort of a gravelly voice, and then he just lurch. He doesn't even lurch. He doesn't even get to lurch. Right. Right. He's just <laughs> some sort of like buff hero who has a gravelly voice, and it's no it's different than plain. any other generic hero in a beam. It's terrible. I thought he was terrible in this. What about uh, that Jack Cor- that one guy? That Jack Courtney fellow. Didn't you guess like <laughs> the young John McClane in this? Wasn't he good? I spent half the movie going, would this be better if Sam Worthington were playing this character? Wait, was that the buzz cut? 
Yeah, that's well, Sam Worthington. For a minute, Dingus, I was I was blissfully, and this was a moment I treasure. I will treasure this moment always. For a moment, Dingus, after you said that, for for maybe two seconds, I was thinking, who's Sam Worthington? I, lo- I love those two seconds that I had where I couldn't remember who Sam Worthington was. <laughs> really? I'll, I'll you always always treasure that, that. That will be your happy place. <laughs> there was no, one because there's that. others. There's other ones that look just like him now. It's like the Sam Worthington look. It's the it's the Australian buff dude. It's generic. Yeah, with the same haircut, and you're like, you're supposed to like him, but I, don't know. I can smell the Worthington. Uh, I would have liked this movie much better if we had just watched Bill Nighy fingering the props. Just sort of touching stuff. Oh, I love his <laughs> inspection of the lab. He's just like, I have nothing to do here. I well right. just do it. The generic actor thing and pick things up. You can see you him telling fingering the props. You can see him telling Stuart Beatty, Stuart, in this scene, I will pick stuff up. <laughs> have a bunch of stuff. Right. Make sure it's not glued down. Open. Here are the comics pages. Gives you an idea. So you notice it's on a table here. So my my favorite thing about this podcast is that is the way you opened it, the song you opened it with, Tom, because there was a there was one scene where um, where Bill Nye comes in and he says two lines of dialogue, and it sounds like he's saying them in verse. And I just thought Bill Nye's in a musical. I don't know what everybody else is doing, but <laughs> Bill Nye's in a musical right now. He could be singing the, these lines and. And I just suddenly got this wonderful fantasy of what if Bill Nye was doing this as a musical? And what a great movie this would have been if he were singing all of these things. That's Dingus' version of the news crawl that Tom does. Well, it's just a, he has such a musical way of speaking. He's obviously so bored and that the entrances and exits are so unmotivated that it just feels like. <laughs> They really are. We both giggled at a few of those dingus. Or he just realized, I, okay, now I have to exit stage right. I'll, here I go. <laughs> and he might very well have had two more lines, but he's just like, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> this scene has gone on long enough. I'm done. Yeah. Dingus, to sort of get to your point of it being like a musical, there is one point where there's this absolutely ludicrous, share worthy costume <laughs> change where he's wearing a business suit and then he turns into a demon and his business suit magically becomes a kind of a robe with a quilt collar that's sticking up really high around his ears. His business suit transforms, uh, and it does look like some dippy rock concert costume thing that he's wearing when he becomes a demon. Uh-huh. Well, like Stuart Beatty had just seen Tarsa, uh, Tarsa movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or he'd gotten a discount for some leftover costumes from a Tarsem movie. Uh- <laughs> See, that makes me want to watch Immortals again, but then I think of the kid at the end, and I don't want to don't watch Immortals again. Okay. Uh, I, uh, how about the sticks? Man, who had the idea that those were cool weapons? I'm thinking that they would have a fight with four of them. I, exactly right. Okay, yeah. so there's two sticks. Now there's four sticks. Do you believe it? Okay, you're gonna have here's some you haven't seen, and you're gonna have some shock, some shocks from a bike. All right, let's fight. <laughs> Clang, clang, clang. That could have been funny. He could have used them in weird ways. Or right. fucking, I don't know. Right. He didn't use but them. they made a weird sort of musical noise when he swung them sometimes. Well, at one point when Bill Nye... He always got them on the head, too. When Bill Nye kicks it down a pit, you, it sounds it's just like a piece of plumbing pipe or something. Right. <laughs> Guys were just using plumber's pipes to fight with. This is the this is the crappy weapon from Left for Dead that you pick up before you get a good one. What? Well, Stuart Bay's like, okay, since you like picking up props so much, I'm gonna leave this prop for you. And Bill Nye's like, nah. <laughs> Frankenstein using batons. Yeah. Who'd have thought that 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 would be so dull? So those are too heavy. 
You're not going to be able to move them yeah. around very much. I'm an angel. I know more than you do. <laughs> Stupid zombie boy. Oh, wait. Wow. You just dem- – wait, you almost took our chains out five seconds ago, and now I'm going, all right – that would do the batons. I know they're the prominent thing in the foreground. You like the shot. All you can see is the batons, but they're not here. They're just for show. Well, the, the funny thing is, uh, Jai Courtney does get the really cool weapon where he does something like he sticks two ah. blades on his stick and it turns into an axe. Uh, and then I think, I'm not sure, but it's open up gate too, don't they? Right. They're keys. They're an axe. Exactly. It's like something out of Assassin's Creed. And then I think later, uh, Aaron Eckhart. Doesn't well, Aaron he, Eckhart get him later? Yeah, because he dies in that sort of sad, like, amazing Spider-Man, oops, somebody shot me accidentally in a fight moment. He's the, he's the best of the, of, of the gargoyles, and he dies because he accidentally falls on his own weapon. Oh, that's Just right. Like, uh, Kate Blanchett in Robin Hood, almost. Uh, Kate Blanchett was not in Robin Hood, Kelly. Yeah, Warren. thanks for yeah, bringing the room, let's, let's not, let's that not. was That was Russell Crowe. And so uh, he gets. It turns out he had a soul all along, or he got one, or no, no one is, do that. got his own soul back. He just yeah. outwitted God because they're they're injecting souls, and and it just so turns out that his own soul went back into his body. Uh-huh. They're injecting him with soul counter clout countdown digital clock. Clout down is fine. Clout down. <laughs> Dingus, I have a question for you. I have a challenge for you. And Kelly Wan, you can take this challenge as well. Um, <laughs> what here? I want to bring up another movie that this reminded me of in a way, in terms of the story it was kind of trying to sell and how seriously it took itself. Here's another movie that takes itself similarly seriously and has a similar kind of feel to what it's going for. Also has a lot of CG. Uh, Dingus... And Kelly, you can get in here too. What makes <laughs> I Frankenstein so bad, but Constantine so good? Everything. Let's hear it. Next question. <laughs> uh, interesting character twists. Um, the, the main CG serving the plot. Yes. The main thing is that the lead actor has a sense of humor about himself. Yeah. Um, that's written, one yeah. of the most wonderful things about the Keanu. I, mean, I remember seeing Constantine for the first time and, and almost immediately emailing you and saying, I think a Keanu Reeves movie is going to end up on my top 10 list. Uh, it's because Keanu Reeves understands what's funny about, uh, this earnest character he's playing. He's not winking at the camera, but and the movie he, is, does too. But he understands it. Like when, when he says something, when, when, um, when Rachel Weiss asks, asks him if she should take off her clothes, and he says, I'm thinking. I mean, that's a beautiful moment. There's a moment of humor there, even though the character is so serious and doesn't seem to have that many levels. Uh, Keanu Reeves seems to understand how his personality works in this, and I don't think Aaron Eckhart does. Yeah. And Francis Lawrence, who directed Constantine, he appreciates what he's got with what Keanu Reeves is right. doing. And right. with the other actors, you know, the other actors, like... Pruitt, Taylor, Vince, uh, yeah. uh, Gavin Rossdale, uh, certainly Rachel Weiss, um, uh, the, even Shia LaBeouf. Like you forget that's Shia LaBeouf as the little kid yeah. in Constantine. Uh, Hansu. Oh, that's right. Oh my God, that's right. It's the voodoo guy. Man, why why didn't we see Constantine again instead of sitting down and, and going to see I Frankenstein? Because we sat in uh, Constantine with the same. Uh, this will suck, and then it didn't. And we we went into I Frankenstein, going, you know what? 
It's Frankenstein. Well, you guys, I didn't do much for your. <laughs> no, I knew. I mean, it's funny. You know, I was driving somewhere with my with my nine year old son, and he saw that poster. He's like, "Are you going to have to see that?" And I said, "Yeah." <laughs> the kid doesn't want to see the Frankenstein movie. I'm really? going to have to see that for the for the podcast. And he goes, "His Dad, first I'm instinct." Go. He's like, "I'm sorry, Dad." Oh. <laughs> he is such a snob. <laughs> Iron Man three has t- turned him he's, dark side. He's really not. He watches the crappiest TV shows ever. But he could tell just by looking at that. Looking at the Frankenstein and, thing. And also, I've I've schooled him in in, Jan- in the in the uh, language of January releases. Boy, this is as January as it gets. Or it has been. It's so <laughs> generic. Why? Why did they? Kyle, <sighs> what did you think of uh, the world's Brain most res- the world's most respected electrophysiologist? Uh, I felt a couple of eels in my pants. One, two, three, not only you and me, got one eighty degrees, and I'm caught in between. Counting one, two, three, need a point. It was an unrelated issue. Do you have a favorite line? Uh, maybe it would be, uh, I think your boss is a demon prince. That's not bad. Do you have What's your favorite? What would you pick? My favorite line is, <laughs> I think I wounded it. I think it's wounded. Yeah, that was a great exchange. At that point, I was thinking, oh, this movie knows it's going to be funny. <laughs> uh, I know, yeah. Kelly, what was yes. your favorite line? When he said, I Frankenstein, man. <laughs> and I'm so sure like, you guys oh, noticed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this was... The, the little whispered, it's alive at the beginning, that the, as Kelly Wong called her, Mexican vampire utters. Yes. Yeah. It made me think Get of uh, the end of uh, Day of the Earth Did Still remake when Jennifer Connelly goes, it's gone, and then Jaden Smith goes, no, he's gone. Mm, and I thought, that's the stupidest pronoun bullshit ending. What the fuck? Science fiction? What the fuck does that even mean, God? I hope I never see something like that again. That, by the way, is what I'm gonna was going to do for my 3 by uh, 3 3 by 3 favorite pronouns. Kelly, one. Speaking of eels in your pants, what is this week's three by three? I thought since Valentine's Day exists eventually, that um, you know, and Frankenstein also. He's made. He's obviously horny enough to demand a bride, which in a way is Victor's fault because he sewed that shit on. Know what I'm saying? Have you guys ever gone horseback riding? Wow. <laughs> All right, that's this week's uh, three. I can't wait to hear what Turkish prison. I think the horse was doing it on purpose. Uh, but yeah, girl, scrotal energies, energies, <laughs> injuries, energies. They're both on the table. Well, uh, I'll be uh, announcing next Get week it? three by three, both. so I go first. Uh, my number three pick is something about Mary. We got a bleeder. That's right. a good one. Yeah, and that one even hurts to think about. Classic. I thought her that would be Kelly's. I did not suspect that you would pick that. It's uh, it's it's a famous one, Dingus. I think. Uh, Wait, it's a it's. Why would it be mine? It's a good. Uh, how dare you? That's imply. right. Why would it be yours? It's a good one. It's stupid enough to be mine when it's totally not stupid. Yeah, I thought you would go for it. Well, maybe he will. We'll see. But first, Dingus, what's your number three favorite example of a groin injury or a scrotal injury, as Kelly Warren calls it, in a movie? All right. Here's a, here's a <laughs> quote from it. Mm-hmm. It's a nuisance. It's my damn testicles. It sounds like his Michael Caine, so I'm going to guess The Swarm. 
Sounds like the island. But I don't know why. You made me watch the island. Uh, it is not. It is Richard E. Grant who says it. And he says the, it in the L.A. It. story. Oh, I was going to say Hudson Hawk. Okay. No, L.A. story. In L.A. story. And uh, what's happening is that uh, Harris Telemacher, played by Steve Martin, and Roland, who is played by Richard E. Grant, are uh, are heading down uh, to the hotel restaurant. They're, they're staying at the El Pollo del Mar in Santa Barbara, as you guys know. Um, and uh, they've... they've they happen to be in adjoining rooms, not having known this previously, and uh, they've ha- they have just made love to their respective dates in the adjoining hotel rooms. Uh, this is going to be very complicated because of all the relationships involved. But as they head down the stairs, there's this weird clanging sound, and Harris asks, what's that clanging sound? And uh, it's a nuisance, Roland replies, it's my damn testicles. So apparently... Uh, his scrota clang after sex, so it's an injury that occurs to him because we know, we all know that sometimes you get sore, and so his soreness after sex uh, comes in the form of clanging testicles, which is a nuisance to him. Kelly, one comments, thoughts, reflections. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, uh, good. Last story. Dingus's pick. Last Are you sure that wasn't from the player, Richard E. Grant? Oh, you're right, actually. I'm sorry. I totally misdid that. Calgar, what is a number three favorite scrotal injury on your list? And maybe you can give us a line from it or a clue or a hint. All right, I'll do a clue yep. that's also a line. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep, totally fucking blew up the Death Star. <laughs> gotcha. So it's obviously Porkins. Uh Pork- Getting his X-wing blown up. Oh, is it Clerks? <sighs> There's no scrotal injury in that movie. I haven't seen it though. But it's well, when the Death Star blew up. Yeah, when it's like the ma- the most scrotal injuries at once. Oh, Jesus. All right, I see where we're going here. Uh, All right, so my next one is um, my number two is Alderaan, by the way. Black Sunday, because a lot of people got <laughs> Super Bowl. Hey, wait a minute! Come on, and I was kidding. I was obviously. Joking. I was going to do uh, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, where they blow up the Earth. Oh, that's a good one, Tom. See, see, the Earth's that's not very scrotal heavy, though. So, Dingus, is what was the population of Alderaan? Do we know? One point twenty one gigawatts. Just what you see, pal. It was. That's why they called it Balderon. <laughs> I noticed your foul stench when you came aboard, Kelly. All right, my number two favorite groin uh, <laughs> injury, scrotal injury, uh, is uh, Kelly. One, you'll have to let me know if this qualifies. All right, I'm being pretty strict tonight. No, I know. So my number you might two. Want to watch yourself? It's uh, what's the guy from? I have the death system in five things. Yeah, <laughs> you've got twelve <laughs> testicles. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, Jerry O'Connell. What's the guy in Piranha 3D? Yeah, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, yeah. it's his. It's his. It's the injury he receives in Piranha 3D. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh yeah, and the piranha eats it. Yep, and, and that's quite the injury. Goes, and I think it spits it out or something. Yeah, it, just, it comes at you, so to speak. In 3D, exactly. the script just goes burp. Yeah. Dingus, what is your number two favorite scrotal injury? In Wait, why is that your favorite? Because it's in 3D, because it's it's a character getting his comeuppance, and uh, 
And uh, because I like Piranha 3D, I like the sort of yes. meta level of it, and it's an appropriate. Um, uh, it's a sort of a, a, a character getting his just desserts for what the point that Alexander Aja was making, I think, in Piranha. Like in melon balls. I don't know what that is. Is that a milk? Yeah. It's, uh, you mean maraschinos? <laughs> I do know what those are. Hmm. So did that, did that adequately answer why it's a good one? And plus it's, uh, you know, who doesn't, it's because who doesn't it was very it's, the, Kelly one, there's no language in which a piranha nibbling on a penis isn't funny. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah. I love that moment. Take it. What's in your piranha out when, of my penis. When the monk laughs at the penis. That's great. <laughs> I want to change my answer to Hangover 3 or 2, whichever one that was. Wait, the thing, I like Dingus is in the monk kind of way. That's in the movie, Kelly Wand. Yeah. It is? In Hangover 2, yeah. Oh, I thought there was like a monk, like Sean Connery from Name of the Rose at Fort Lauderdale. Well, but the Thailand version. Uh, yeah. Laughing yeah, in, in Hangover 2. That's been Godness testicle. Kelly, or no, Dingus, what is your, no, where are we? Dingus, I'm not even writing these down. Let me write this. Dingus, what is your number two favorite scrotal injury in a movie? Did you, did we do that one? No, we did not. I, I was going to pick Return of the Jedi because of all the scrotums and that, but I'm not. <laughs> Instead, here's a quote from my number two. No, 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 to the right, to the right, to the right. That uh, sounds like Harrison Ford in Witness. It's it is uh, Stroker Ace. Nope. All right, so this is when Le Chiffre, uh, played by Mads Mikkelsen, tortures James Bond, played by Daniel Craig. <laughs> That's a good one. See, Kelly, a, what, uh, yeah. see what happens when somebody takes your, your 3 by 3 seriously? Yeah. With a rope a and a chair, that the, cha- the wicker chair that has the bottom cut out of it, and they show them cutting the bottom out of the chair out of it. And they sit uh, Daniel Craig in the chair, and... Um, and uh, so Mads Mikkelsen has this great rope that he uses to uh, torture James Bond to find out his password. And that's my second favorite scrotal injury. It's kind of a unique form of torture. Get it? That's one you, it is. you've never really seen in a movie before. Yeah. Because it's in the book, too. Because Well, Mads Mikkelsen, because the chief is saying, you know, how long are you, you're going to eventually give it up. So the question is, uh, is it going to be too late before you do? Um, because basically what I'm going to do is take away your ability to do anything in the future as far as, you know, procreating is concerned. So, you, you know, she's, she's in the next room. She's going to give up the, the account number. She probably already did. Um, you're going to give up the password eventually. So are you going to do it soon enough? And then he smacks him and James Bond, super tough. He's just been made. And I, I just watched this again. Casino Royale's really good. Um, it's not, as good as Skyfall, I don't think. Um, but it's really good. There's a lot of good stuff in it. And James Bond has just been made into a, a double O. I didn't realize. I didn't remember that about the movie. And so he's kind of proving himself. And Get it, double O. He's, he's being super tough in this moment and just doing that thing where a hero says, yeah, go ahead and keep torturing me. But it's this ama- it's, it's a really great scene, part of, partly because Mads Mikkelsen is so freaking great. Which is a better scene of James Bond in a chair in front of a supervillain having his masculinity assaulted and him <laughs> deflecting it? Gold is it the one in Casino Royale or is it the one in Skyfall with Javier Bardem accusing him of being bisexual? Goldfinger's going to laser it, too. Remember Goldfinger's laser? Mm. 
I wasn't as crazy about Javier Bardem as everybody else was. He, it just seemed like he was doing a little too much Hannibal Lecter for me. Oh, <laughs> good. Yeah. Get a load of that guy, Kelly Wand. See, look at that one over there. <laughs> Kelly Wand, what's your number two favorite scrotal injury in a movie? In the book, they break his finger in Live and Let Die in the book, too. And so it's like the second one in a row where he gets tortured and tweaked. He can take it. And my number two is a bit of a clever one, in quotes, (laughs) because it's, uh, I'll do a line from it. Uh, Something, something, uh, Iron Balls McGinty. Oh, you guys suck. (laughs) Listeners are hating you right now, if I know them. Really? Or is that just stodgy? Uh, I really? guess I, I could Google Paul uh, McGinty. Robocop? Uh, what's a comedy that has the N-word in it a bunch of times? Or maybe once. I forget. J- Django Unchained? Oh. oh, it's a family drama. Oh, 12 Years a Slave. No. Oh. No. It's a rom-com. No. In Bruges? Uh, I was born a poor black child. Oh, L.A. Story. Oh, this fucking topic. Kelly, Tom's all you need is this lamp. <laughs> See? Is and that this remote control. Like? And this ping pong paddle. He hates these scrotums. Thing is Stay you away from these scrotums. You jump See, scenes, it's, uh, it's a scrotal injury from the scrotum. So, Kelly Wand, your pick is the jerk. I don't remember. Someone obviously gets kicked in the balls or something. Right? No, he kicks a guy in the balls, but the balls are made of iron, so he hurts his foot. But it's a scrotal injury in that it... It's basically this topic. It's, it's, it's a Steve Martin-heavy topic, isn't it? Mm, yeah. He's not in Star Wars except at the end. Uh, my number one favorite scrotal... When he gets the medal. What? Oh, I was going to do mine. Sorry, go ahead, though. Oh, I just want to say that scene really changed my life. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, my number one favorite scrotal injury uh, is the all the Ow My Balls um, sequences from Idiocracy. Uh, TV show Ow My Balls. Excuse me. Yes, Kelly Taken off the table by you, Dingus. Nope, you even said, I'm not taking it off the table when I mentioned it last week. All right, I might have misspoken. Uh, I don't. I feel like Idiocracy could be about me. It's a cautionary tale. Are you unlucky in that area? I just feel that I find that incredible. I I find that stuff as funny as Dax Shepard finds that stuff in the movie, and I feel like it's an indictment of my own sense of humor because I laugh at it and I realize, oh, the movie's being judgmental and is saying that Dax Shepard and all those people they're idiots, and yet I think that that's funny also. If there's a TV show called All My Balls, I might I might actually watch it. Remember the Wrecking Ball? Well, also it's funny because then when the guy the actor is. Uh, Accepting praise from crowds, he's always kind of like thoughtful and like, thank you very much. It's what I do on the show is very, that's funny, right? His voice hasn't turned. I like a lot of uh, idiocracy. All right. man actually, uh, he got hurt on the set doing that. Of idiocracy? Yeah. (gasps) Oh. And he's dead. Oh, Man, now I feel awful, Kelly Wand. I'll take it. It's an acceptable pick. So. Oh, I just I feel like such a jerk now. I feel so insensitive. No, I'm kidding. Should I do it? Oh, you got me. Oh, uh, you're good. Uh, 
Uh, look at you, you prankster. See, I did a psychological. <laughs> Digus, what is your number one favorite uh, groin injury or scrotal uh, mishap um, in a movie? Maybe you can give us a quote from it. All right, here's a quote from it. I shall do this world a great favor, mark you as one of us, and rid you of your ability to populate the earth. Yeah, but what's your number one pick? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel Wait, like I've seen honor. it. It sounds you, familiar. You have seen it. In fact, you've referenced it in this very podcast, and you've uh, told people, don't see that again. That kind of hate it when he does that to me. Uh, Kelly Waddle, help me out. What movie did I reference? In- Wyatt Earp. No, I didn't mention Lovelace. Didn't mention that either. Tucker and Dale save the world. It's a movie we have done on this very podcast, and and I mentioned uh, the director. His name is Tarsem. Oh. <laughs> Thing is, so it's either the Fall or the or Immortals. It is Immortals. Yeah, um, it is when Lysander, uh, played by Joseph Morgan. So, so Lysander goes to King Hyperion. Played by Mickey, as you both know, uh, to betray uh, Lysander's own people, and Hyperion, who is obsessed when he finds a pregnant woman, he like makes sure that she, the baby, gets ripped out and killed because Hyperion wants to make sure the world is populated only by him. And so, when this coward traitor shows up, one of the things Mickey Rourke says to him is, um, "We don't need any more cowards in this world." Uh, so, thanks for coming over to our side. Uh, but let me just make sure that no more of you will go for it. You don't have any kids, do you? And the and and Lysander says, not yet. And he goes, well, you're not gonna ever. And so the um, awesome, uh, what do you call that that wire that has all those uh, points on it, Tom? Bob wire. Bob wire. Thank you. The bob wire headed minotaur. Oh yeah, with, yeah. Uh, takes a gigantic mallet, and they. Oh. They spread hey. Lysander's legs. Dingus, stop talking. This hurts. And then the giant bob wire headed minotaur slams him in the scrotal area oh. so that he cannot reproduce. And Immortals is my favorite groinal, or I'm sorry, scrotal injury. Why does a minotaur the, use a hammer if he has horns? Because uh, he has a hammer. So he'd hammer in the morning. Okay. He doesn't want to make the guy bleed. He just wants to make it so that he can't reproduce. That's Hyperion's whole point, is that... So it's humane. We don't need any more of you, so I'm going to take this away from you. I'm going to make sure you cannot reproduce, and the world will not be plagued. And your ancestors uh, will curse you, because the line of their seed will not pass forth in this world. What if he adopts? That doesn't count. So uh, so it's when the Minotaur, the Bob Wireheaded Minotaur, right. slams a mallet into Lysander's junk. Kelly Warren, how are you going to top that? Immortal. You said Minotaur? That's right. It's Minotaur starring... Tom Hardy. Uh, I, Tom, Minotaur. Nope, Tom, Tom Hardy. As Tom, everyone Tom, knows, Tom. Tom Hardy fights a, a Minotaur in the movie Minotaur. It's a true fact. What? True fact. And he wins by igniting the, uh, basically turning the gas on in the labyrinth and then throwing a lighter in it. <laughs> True story. Kelly Wan, how do you top that? How, what do you got that beats that uh, groinal injury? Groinal? Um, I like in Tommy Boy. Wait, there's more. Where <laughs> that's all? I, that's all I need to hear to agree with your choice. Go ahead. Rob Lowe gets electrocuted. No, wait, that's not the one. I had a better. Oh, one. I'm sorry. You meant uh, McGruff the Crime Dog. That awful show you guys like. 
the Simadingus trying to denigrate yeah. MacGruber, a great movie like MacGruber, oh, sorry. which does he's he already get, quoted once. Does in he get shot in the penis or something? Probably. He can take it. <laughs> Best three by three for having for someone who squeezes a stalk of celery in his butt cheeks. Who would win for that? Feed him. Feed him jeans. From MacGruber. says that? <laughs> Uh, my number oh, one sorry, is... Oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to, to take away from your moment. In RoboCop, when RoboCop uses uh, magic uh, computer chips to discern the scrotum of the rapist, and then he shoots through the chick's dress and hits the guy behind her. Does the city have to pay? Does the city have to pay for that dress in that situation? Uh, I would think so. Although, if I were her, I'd just wear it around. Like, Kelly Wan, you are wrong, because the point of RoboCop is that police law enforcement has been privatized. It's a corporation. It is not the city. I tricked you, and you got the answer wrong. What was the question again? <laughs> the question, Kelly Wan, is what do the readers have for us for their favorite groinal injuries? What about Dingus's number one? Uh, my number one is a King Hyperion in this movie <laughs> called Immortal. Is it the Immortals or the Immortals? Just Immortals. Why is Tom... Weird Bob writes, here's my list of top three nut shots. Number three, in the movie Basketball, Matt Stone takes it three times in a row from a ball, Trey Parker's foot, and then an enlarged beer spigot on a mascot. Number two, in The Goonies, both the Fratellis slip on a log in a most uncomfortable way after Short Round uses his slick shoes. Was that his name in Goonies, too? Mm-hmm. That was the actor's name. <clears throat> Number one in Kick-Ass, Dave Lazuski is captured, beaten, has his ball smashed with a bat, and then is promptly saved by a little girl. Oh, and Nick Cage dies. Spoilers. Ben. Wait, is the Nick Cage death pertinent to... Never mind. I was asking my pod colleagues. They uh, choose... I, I think he just wanted to spoil the end of Kick-Ass. Yeah. Actually, it's not even the end. It's kind of around the two-thirds mark, I believe. Well, if the sequel comes out, then the end of the last movie is no longer spoiled. Here's a line yeah. from the sequel. That's right, that's a dog in your balls. I was going to pick that one, the Jim Carrey character. I don't know, Kevin Costner was in Kick-Ass too. <laughs> Do you hear that, Dingus? Do you hear what he did? No, I, I can't hear that. It's a frequency I can't hear. Fall on your dogs! Wait. <laughs> Stop talking Russian. <clears throat> I haven't lost my accent yet. Paul Weimer writes, three best scrotal injuries... I admit that I never expected to write that sentence in an email to you guys. We made uh, made him take stock. And I decided to take idiocracy off the table, Tom, for myself. Mm-hmm. Is Paul Weimer British? Sounds British. He, he seems to know a lot about history, and that makes me think he's British. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Number three in Spaceballs, Dark Helmet, brackets Rick Branis uses his Schwartz ray on a disrespectful subordinate, shooting him in the groin. It results in the staff of the ship afterwards covering the groins reflexively. Of course we do, sir. <laughs> I like that he... Wait, shooting him in the what? Groin. 
thank you. And then they all grab theirs and go, of course we do, sir, in answer to <laughs> a line I assume Rick Moranis says that Paul Weimer felt would not have been necessary for us to relive that moment. But I'm assuming he's not referring to the staff growing coverings as the injuries, but only as flavor. Number two, in Sin City, Bruce Willis takes out Junior the first time by shooting him in the groin. Uh, their second fight is even more gruesome for Junior's already damaged sexual organs. Number one, in Mortal Kombat, the fight between four-armed reigning champion Goro and Johnny Cage. The fight between four F-O-U-R-armed reigning champion Goro and Johnny Cage. Goro has four arms. He's like a oh, big... Oh, four-armed. Okay. Yeah. So there should be a hike there. Weimer, what the fuck are you trying to do? <laughs> I needed Tom to tell me that. That makes me even more angry at you. Goro and Gene, Johnny Cage, Lyndon Ashby, Goro gets no, the, man, the actor who plays him gets no uh, nod. Paul. Uh, begins with Cage leading off with a shot to the groin. Goro, for all of his inhumanity, apparently does have his genitals in the same place as humans do. You forgot to fall. As always, thanks for the laughs and fun. I think he means still so night. Even if Tom never responds to my tweets. What do you think of that? It actually says that, by the way. Oh, he wrote that, and you're not saying that yourself, Kelly Wand. Right. I do like yeah. your tweet voice, though. Me, me, me. Uh, remember in Alien Nation? This is no. when he's talking, Kelly, where the... They try to kick him in the nuts, and it doesn't do anything. And then the guy goes, he should do it here in the armpit. And then the guy later does it. It's times like this I wish Kelly Warren had seen her. Yeah, seriously. Jonathan J. Lando DePratna writes, hello again. Jonathan J. Lando DePratna here. For this 3x3, I was thinking of how I could ruin it. Done. Man after your own heart, Tom. It was between picking, only when it happens to women or cartoon characters. <laughs> uh, I like that he loved in women with cartoon characters. It's something I do subconsciously, um, but it's more of a physics thing. In the end, I just ending up getting inspired to choose characters, getting it by falling on cylindrical objects, so compromise between women and cartoons. My number three is from The Rundown, Tom. Hmm? So far, so good. Dwayne Johnson. Yes, yes. Though there is whip play in this film. Way better than anything Harrison Ford has done. Wait, Dwayne who? You'll you'll know who he is soon enough, Dingus. Johnson. Is Harrison Ford's (laughs) last name a euphemism for a dick? No. That's Tom right now. (laughs) During a fight scene, get thrown into a tree. As he is falling, he lands on a (laughs) crotch first. The branches also have crotches. Kelly the guy goes, ooh. Kelly Wand, yeah, I'd like to see Harrison Ford sell that scene. He couldn't. Wait, I'm trying to think if Harrison Ford ever got in the junk. No, Harrison Ford, he had it in his contract that could never happen in a movie. What if the snake, his snake fear was based on? Oh, I guess we know what that was based on. That's right, that's a snake on your balls. <laughs> snake, get off my dick. What were you Who's saying? Because I was doing Kick Ass too. What were you doing? I'm quoting Snake on a Plane. Man, what you, Kelly, one that was Dingus's Samuel uh, L. Jackson. 
It's better than this Kellen Lutz. Jesus. <laughs> uh, Harrison Ford gets thrown into a tree as he's falling and lands on a crotch branch, which makes Stifler from American Pie say, nice, like Dingus. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we just do a contraction of crotch branch? <laughs> Crunch. Crunch. Cory Wainer Smith story. Scanners live in vain. Uh, real quick, a uh, 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 news break. Uh, Pete, as far as Peter Berg movies go, yes, uh, Lone Survivor, Peter Berg's most recent movie, just surpassed Zero Dark Thirty in earnings. Oh, oh, I know. Right, that's it. I'm, I'm moving again. Because one has the word zero, the other one has the word lone, so it's like a math thing. Guess so. Or like was was thirty-two, it. so it didn't go all the way. Zero survivor. <laughs> um, Peter Berg is also directing the opening episode of Damon Lindelof's new show, which is about purgatory. <laughs> 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 I cannot wait to not watch that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. I thought he already had one. I'm gonna watch every lost. episode and complain about it all along. <laughs> Shut up! Just you don't know. What's it called? Found. <laughs> listening, he, he has Lucas's thing of like, I don't give a fuck, you, but whatever I read you guys say, I'm just going to tune it out. Right, right. He's, All uh, idiots. It's called the Paul Haggis syndrome. <laughs> yeah, but he's going to roll in a lot more money than Paul Haggis rolls in, though. That's the uh, thing. Yeah. And then watch it get fucking Emmys and we're the dipshits. Yeah. All right. All right, so where were we? So let's see. So someone was yeah. mentioning this awesome, brilliant uh, movie, things. The Rundown. Go ahead. I apologize first tainting this topic. And this was Jonathan J. Lando Dupratna's pick, if I recall correctly. James hates me. No, are we Paul, are we, we're Paul Weimer now? No, no, we've moved on, haven't we? Jonathan J. Lando Dupratna. Yeah. Sorry, Jonathan. His number two is in Crank High Voltage, starring my my favorite actress, Bailing! <laughs> Kelly, what, can you give us a line, a Bailing line from Crank 2? Your voltage too high, white man. <laughs> That's how she talks in that movie. I feel so, like you should do a disclaimer every time. Thing is, it really a sea crank too. Okay. Kelly Watt is yes. not far off. He, he's not. not exaggerating. I am doing. Did you just say Dingus sea crank too? I did, and I'll say it again. All right, go ahead. <laughs> There's a part of the end where he uh, gets extra cranked from uh, fucking a power transformer. Because it's electric-based, like Frankenstein. Or and he has Pitt. sex with Fei Ling, and it sets her on fire as they have sex, and then she burns to death. Jesus. <laughs> if only he'll hit with a bar, too, and then goes, I'm fine, white man. It's a really good performance. All right, number two, crank high voltage. I don't remember any sacral injuries, just Fei Ling screaming. When he comes across kids filming grinding down a rail, and he attempts to do it in just his shoes. <laughs> Crotch a lot, huh? Thanks, 3 by 3 It should be called crotch high voltage. <laughs> that was me, by the way. Jonathan Jelano de Pratna gets the assist. My number one is what I thought of when first thinking of cartoony crotch violence. It might break the topic because there are no visible signs that he even has testicles. But when Mike from Monsters, Inc. is trying to make Boo laugh, he lands on a pipe hard and right on the supposedly... Sorry. Possibly. Supposedly. Supposedly. Suppository. Ballless crotch. Pixar, being the geniuses they are, add the joke that Boo did not even see it because her eyes were covered. Right. 
of like, remember in Roger Rabbit when Yosemite Sam said his biscuits were burning? He said that in places other than Roger Rabbit. There's, there's, an, there's than his biscuits. There's a legitimate scrotal injury in Roger Rabbit. When the earlier guy talked about cartoons, I thought that's what he was going to bring up. Is that how Bob Hoskins' brother got killed? No, but he screamed just like this. My runners-up are Jack Black and Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny when he's high on shrooms and think he's flying on Bigfoot, but he's actually just drinking, I mean, climbing (laughs) a tree, and when he falls, he lands on a branch. But it was too close to the rundown, and quarter to three, The Rock is always going to win. My other runner-ups, Jar Jar Banks and Phantom Menace. Oh, God. Sorry. That's the last person I expected to hear that phrase from, from that movie. Near the end, while a huge battle's raging, Jar Jar ends up being the hero of the battle because he trips, falls, and stumbles the Gungans towards victory. At one point, he lands painfully crotch first on the gun barrel of a tank. I did not choose this, though, because the film is not very good. <laughs> Wait, I thought he was egg bearing. Like Tom. It's a room. <laughs> Tom. Sir. Just checking in. All right, so next week. Bogey, oh, number three. No, yes. What ruins a night of rape and pillaging more than a metal Frankenstein with a huge gun? Robocop, rapist crotch, one I said. Uh, number two, nothing says evil liar more, evil lair more than early 90s wicker furniture making James Bond sick. Okay, Casino Royale, Tom's. And. <laughs> You know you have problems when onlookers can't tell uh, something about Mary. Okay, so Bogey picked all of ours. That's good. There's three good. more, Tom. Tom. Awesome. Yeah, I can't there, wait. There's awesome. three more. We're ready. Yeah. And, of course, I've got I've got two runners-up, so let's go. Oh, I've got a bunch of runners-up, yeah. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, you bet. Get it, Tom? He has two runners-up. I don't understand. It's two. Double is seven. Bag of, it's a double entendre. Joey, bag of donuts, romancing the stone, Colonel Zolo. Are we the only people who don't know the names of every character in every movie? Who, who are you calling we? I'm asking Joey, but it's an email, so... <laughs> I'm just going to keep reading. Fuck it. I don't have time. Colonel Zolo is coercing the location of a big emerald out of Michael Douglas. Oh, yeah, this part. He says it's in a safe place. Colonel has one of his rifles, soldier butt. Michael Douglas' character in the growing, after doubling over in pain, shakes out the gem down his pant leg, revealing that it was hidden down his pants. See, and then he kicks it into the crocodile's mouth, so it was all part of his plan, which means he was probably expecting to get hit. The jewel, jewels. Robocop shoots the rapist and the running man. Arnold's character uses chainsaw to cut Buzzsaw in half, starting at the growing. When asked how he lost Buzzsaw, he says he had to split. Love the show. Um, okay. Sorry. <clears throat> Aaron Vaughn. Yes, nutshots, because I refuse to write the stomach-turning phrase scrotal injuries. Anyway, number three, I knew it was too early to promote you. Casino Royale, probably known as for the torture scene in the last Thursday movie. He probably left Bond shooting blanks, even though his gun seems to be working fine afterwards. Two, man, she really fucked him up. You're next. Sharni Vincent. Vincent. Sharni Vincent starts off her killing through the kick to the girl when the guy tries to axe her a question. 
I'm now led to believe any revenge kills worth my time will open with or involve a kick between the legs. He must work out, dumb and dumber. I expect this was everyone's number one, but just in case it was everyone's number two, this is the best, most critical damage I could think of to balls and movies. Not only does Jim Carrey land four kicks to a waiter's crotch, he lays into it like a reflex bag for boxers and finishes them off like a dog would hungrily. That was a dream sequence, though, so I don't know if that counts. Mm, good point. Last one, Nick D, three Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, Paul Newman wins a knife fight with the great nut kick. That was a good one. Huh, Tom? That's a great one. <laughs> uh, something about Mary and Robocop. <laughs> We're done. All right. Sorry if I rushed through. Uh, The last one reminded me, there's this weird Russian roulette moment with a dentist, I think, and pointing a gun at somebody's balls. Gosh, I can't think of it. It might be a a dentist. Yeah, I think so. That's the interesting part to me. (sighs) It might be justified. Never mind. I can't remember. The roulette wheel should be the interesting part, but to me, it's a dentist. Anyway, so my my favorite two uh, runners-up are Bunny Ball Ball, which is uh, when the dog goes after Bruce Willis's uh, balls in uh, Hudson Hawk. And um, there's this uh, moment in Bananas where uh, where Nancy says to Fielding Millish, that women's rights do not automatically mean castration. And, and he, and Fielding Mellish just goes, oh, don't say that word. Now I've got to walk around like this for the next two days. And he bends over. So it's sort of a, a mental scrotal injury. That's all I got. <laughs> Kelly Wand, runners up. And Stiller gets his dog, like a dog chews on his nuts when it's cocaine out. In, there's something about Mary, so he has two ball injuries. Mm. And Rob Lowe gets electrocuted peeing on an electric fence in Tommy Boy. And I think it's, <laughs> that is a good one. Why isn't that your number why, why did you shy away from number Why did you shy away from Tommy Boy and you're number one? That's great. Because the word shy makes me cringe for reasons I don't know. Uh, right. But then later, a sandbag lands on him. So it's like a do gotcha. Remember that? Does that happen in that movie? Or is that Wayne's Wayne's World gets sodomized by a cop, I think. Or a uh, cavity search, which okay. is really just five things of sodomy. Right? On that, Do another cavity. three by three on that one in, uh, in a couple weeks. That's all I got. <sighs> all right, so next week's three by three. Uh, and send these in. We love them when you, you send in uh, your picks. Uh, we saw... I can't even think of the movie now. What was the movie we saw where one of the characters was watching Rosemary's Baby for no reason? <laughs> what was that in? Uh, oh, Shadow Jack Recruit. Ryan. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, his wife. Well, yeah, his wife. I had trouble remembering it, too. Yeah. Where did I see Kira Knightley? What? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, what I want from you guys are the worst appearances of movies within movies. Well, didn't you have this as a best of at one point, and now we're just changing? Did we? Yeah, I, I did a, uh, a movie within movie one, but I didn't. It was not specific to worst appearance. Yeah, no, I just yeah. put it where it doesn't work, and it's why is it in there, or maybe where it's even bad. Because I have one that I'm thinking of where I hate the fact that they go to this movie. We've done it where we like it, but I want bad appearances of movies within movies for whatever reason. It's a you you see part of a movie in another movie, and you're like, oh, don't do that. Or, or the movie is directly referenced. Uh, so, uh, 
bad movie within movie appearances. Uh, Rosemary's Baby wasn't bad. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe it would fit your. What about bad. when Frodo's watching The Hobbit and Galadriel's mirror and the Fellowship? That could be your pick. Absolutely. Uh, if you're listening and you have picks for that, remember, these are not good appearances of movies and movies. We did that. <laughs> these are bad ones. Wait, I'm a little confused on this still. Uh-huh. What kind of appearances? <laughs> when you see a movie referenced within another movie and you're like, that's stupid, don't do that. That, that, so, that so for whatever it's, reason. If it's not quality. or if you It quality. just feels like they're glomming on. They're glomming on, or maybe it somehow violates an internal consistency in the movie you're watching. And it's a gratuitous, stupid in-joke, which is one that I'm thinking of in, in specific. So uh, just just instances where you don't like seeing another movie referenced in a movie for whatever reason. Uh, if you have any picks for that, send those in to 3 by 3 at quarter to 3com That's the number 3, the letter X, the number 3, at... And you spell out quarter to three dot com. We love reading your stuff on the air. Uh, if you got some time in the next week, uh, a movie called Short Term Twelve is now available for video on demand. It's not on Amazon.com. You can get it on iTunes and a few other places. Uh, Xbox uh, Live of all places. It's available there. Um, it was a, a, a little indie film that came out last year and I, I think was widely overlooked. It didn't get a very big release. Uh, but there's a, a lot worth talking about in it. And so we're all going to watch that uh, and then talk about that next week rather than seeing uh, Labor Day, Ugh. <laughs> which was sort of our feeling. I think we've had enough January. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're going to see Short Term 12. Uh, see that as well and uh, join us next week for that, as well as our 3 by 3 for bad references to movies in other movies. Uh, um, but the yes. movie actually has to appear in it. Appear or be referenced, yes. Or even be referenced. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Let me just give this one away. Uh, so I, I recently uh, had a great time over uh, in October watching a different horror movie every day for, for a month. And most of these I'd seen. We, we picked a period, me and another writer named Chris Hornbossel, from 1957 to 1987. Uh, and we just watched a, a series of 30 horror movies we'd picked from that. And some of them I'd never seen before. Some of them I hadn't seen in a long time. One that I hadn't seen in a long time was Near Dark which is at Catherine Bigelow's, I don't know about her first movie. Would that have been before Point Break? I guess it was. Yeah. Uh, Blue Steel. I think it definitely predated Blue Steel. I think it must have been her first movie, at least her first major release. Uh, and in Near Dark, there's a point where the characters are walking down the street past a theater, and one of the theaters is showing aliens. <laughs> You're sitting there looking at Lance Henriksen and Jeanette Goldstein walking down, and Bill Paxton walking down a street in front of a marquee that says Aliens. <laughs> and, that, and I just hate that sort of gratuitous in joke. I find really annoying. Um, so that Do they react to it. No, no, it's it's just in the background. Yeah, oh, that would be even worse. <laughs> so uh, that that's an example of the movie not actually appearing. You don't see footage from Aliens, but you see the the title of it. Oh, okay, I've got one. Oh, yeah, okay, I totally have one now. All right, good. Yeah, so just stuff like that that annoys you, and maybe tell me why it annoys you. Uh, so, I don't even get why that's an inside joke. It's just like because cross marketing. It's it's a joke because go ahead. Yeah, it's because these are you're clearly looking at three actors who are in the movie Aliens. Anybody who goes to see uh, a and it's her husband. Movie. Oh my god, I hate it even more. You're right, Dingus. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I think it'd be one thing if it was like a 
like an indie bomb movie, and like, oh, look, Aliens, but it was like a huge hit movie. So it's like, hey, remember? Well, it breaks the universe. You're basically yeah. seeing, uh, but you know, and it's gloating. Well, we'll t- it, it is gloating. Yeah, we'll talk more about specifics for why we hate some of these next week. But that's that's an example right there. Uh, so, um, yeah, see uh, short term twelve. Uh, send us your lists of, of movies referenced in other movies that you hate, uh, and, and join us next week. Uh, I am Tom Chick. I've been joined by a uh, Christian Mokralski. It's Christian Morosky. And Kelly Wand. Uh, maybe they didn't have testicles on a Death Star. I feel it in my fingers. In my fingers. I feel it in my toes. I feel it in my toes. Christmas is all around me. And so the feeling. It's written in the wind So everywhere I go Everywhere I go So if you really love Christmas Come on, let it snow This is shit, isn't it? Yep, solid gold shit, Maestro You're only a monster if you behave like one.